I also just allow myself to trust the timing of things, right? Just do everything that I can and surrender to the idea that maybe this is the time for it, maybe it's not. And either way, I'm okay. It will come to me in whatever way it's supposed to and to not have expectations for things to work out a certain way. That's Sydney Olson, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm Tara Duffy, an entrepreneur and business coach on a mission to help you live your most extraordinary life by showing you anything is possible. People who have mastered freedom, ease, and success who are living their best and most ridiculous lives and who are making an impact are often people you've never heard of until now. I love the idea of being an ass-kicking superhero or international spy. Like nothing would make me happier than getting to like live that for a day. Uh, so maybe we talk about making it happen in a future episode. But for today, like when I saw today's guest, Sydney Olson's Instagram account, I was immediately intrigued. There are all these videos of her doing ridiculously cool flips and jumps and even jumping between buildings. I wanted to be like her. I'm like, how can I do that? And is that even ever possible? She's a Red Bull championship athlete, a parkour athlete, a stunt woman, and so many more amazing, cool things. I can't wait for you to meet her. Welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me and taking time out of your day to come on and just have a nice chat with me. Yeah, likewise. Let's jump right in and tell people who you are where you are in the world and what you're up to, because you do not have a typical day that most people would have. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so I'm Sydney Olson. I am 29 years old. I live in Los Angeles, California. I am a stunt woman. I'm a professional freerunning and parkour athlete. And I also do a little bit of acting and I just have a pretty crazy life. Um, I travel a lot. And it's like what I love to do. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else you want to know. <laughs> so I found you on Instagram and I love that I just find amazing women uh, somewhere in the world and just forward them to my producer and be like, her, please. She looks amazing. <laughs> and every time I'm looking at your videos, my head first goes, that would be so amazing if I could do that. And I think I could. And then reality checks in and goes, there's no way in hell you could ever do that. Like I could never, like you're doing these in, like insane and amazing like flips and tumbles and leaping from things. And like my eight-year-old me wishes I was an adult that could do those things. Um, but it is so amazing what you do. How did you, how did you get into this? How did you make, be, how did this become your career? <laughs> well, thank you. And first of all, I do actually think that you could do it. It would just take time, you know, but like with anything, it's just, mm -hmm. you know, you shouldn't say that you can't because I think that eventually you could. Well, I'm be holding uh, you to that. So get, get ready for me showing up to be like, yeah. for training. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want to do a private, you should totally reach out. I could just do a flip. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, um, so long story, I started off as a gymnast when I was a kid. I was like the seven-year-old really hyper girl. My parents put me in soccer. They were just trying to find something I could do that would, you know, keep me uh, a little bit more chill. I was, I was very hyper. And so 
my sister was a gymnast and I would go with her to her gymnastics classes and I'd watch what she was doing. And then I would go home and I would try them in the front yard. Um, and <laughs> obviously that can be very dangerous. I was, I remember trying to do like a round off back in fact, but before I got any formal training on this, I didn't know what I was doing, but there was like this little hill. And uh, I thought if I just did another back handspring, but I missed my hands, I'd be doing the backflip. And so that's kind of like my way of thinking about it. I wasn't scared. I just kept trying it. I'd like land on my neck and I'd get up and be like, yeah, that was a little weird, but I'll try it again. Um, so my parents after that were like, obviously we need to put her in gymnastics. So I was a competitive gymnast for about seven years and I was really passionate for a lot of those years, but gymnastics just kind of for me, didn't really fit the energy that I was going for. I wanted something a little bit more creative in the sense that like I had a little bit more control there because gymnastics is very regimental. It's like, oh, this is what you're working on for ever. <laughs> and it's about perfection, which um, looking back in retrospect, I just, I was never going to achieve perfection, you know? So um, I, I quit when I was about 14 and I explored other things like snowboarding and just like a little bit of lifting, that kind of stuff. But I, I kind of let the athletic side of me uh, go away for a little bit. I focused more on school and uh, friends and all that. And then mm -hmm. I started coaching gymnastics when I was 15. So it was a very long uh, break from the gymnastics world. But as I started coaching, there was some guys that came in that did parkour and I had no idea what that was. They came in and they were just like learning new flips that I had like never seen, but it looked cool. And so I asked them if I could join them one night and they said, yes. And I just had so much fun. I remember it being like the more fun that I had had in the past several years. So I started training with them on a more regular basis and with parkour, it's, um, there's a lot to it. Like there's a whole lot of fundamentals that I was like avoiding training at the beginning, but I was more like excited about the flips. So I was just getting a lot of the flips that I had from gymnastics back and then some new ones. And I was learning how to do all of this on concrete, which is very scary in comparison to what yes. I was using. Gymnastics has mats and spring floors and it feels safer, even though it's still gnarly, but like taking it outside, outside on concrete is something else. So uh, yeah, that was kind of the background on how I got started with it. And I've been doing it for 12 and a half years now. So it flies by really fast. Uh, I was 17 when I started, which is insane. And I didn't, expect that it would take up so much of my life um as an adult i thought like oh it'll be a hobby i'll do mm -hmm. on the side but it became my entire life eventually and i'm very grateful for that you know there's so many um things that you do today between the competitions between doing stunts you know were you surprised to learn that there were so many basically like job options with having this type of skill? Yeah. Um, so there were no job options really when I first started. Um, mm -hmm. There wasn't really any women either. There was one other one that I was aware of that was really good um, named Lucy Rothberg. And she was a total inspiration for me. Eventually went on to become my mentor, which was awesome. But uh, so when I first started, parkour was still a pretty young sport and people doing it the way we were, it was just kind of unheard of. And there weren't really much competitions or anything going on like that. And there definitely wasn't job opportunities but I knew of a couple of people from the parkour world kind of making their name in stunts because of you know uh movies like James Bond where people have to do a little bit of parkour you know right all, all that so I kind of saw that as a thing that people did but I didn't think it was for me you know mm -hmm. I when I was 18 I became a nursing assistant I was hoping to get into the medical field so that was 
sort of my purpose at the time, at least so I thought. And I just remember having this nagging feeling that I wasn't quite passionate about it. I liked what I did, but um, I, I enjoyed more training outside of that. And so I eventually went on to realize that there could be an opportunity working in stunts, which was something I used to joke about when I was a kid that I wanted to be a stunt woman someday. And so I went to a competition in Vancouver, Canada. And when I was there, I met a couple of guys from Los Angeles and they're on Tempest Freerunning, which is the team that I'm part of now. And when I met them, I asked them how I could get into stunts because I really liked training and I was just wondering how that would all work. But Stunts is also very different than free running. Like it's not just the same thing. You have to learn how to fall. You have to do a bunch of other crazy stuff. But anyway, they were very helpful. And actually a week later, um, after the competition, I had booked my first job for a music video in Los Angeles. I was living in Seattle at the time. So I flew down to Los Angeles and I worked on this music video. I think it paid like 500 bucks, which was for me, like I had never made $500 in a day before. I was so stoked. Like that was <laughs> amazing to me. So um, I did that job. And as soon as I got back to Seattle, I was like, I, I need to move to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Like I want to somehow make this work, uh, becoming a professional parkour and free running athlete and, and a stunt woman. And so I moved to Los Angeles. And of course, it took a few years to kind of get on that path. I had to work normal jobs. I had to coach for a while, which I also loved doing. But yeah, eventually it kind of just came out that like sponsors were interested. So I was sponsored by Temple Spiriting and also Yokohama Tire. And these brands were wanting to work with me, which was really cool. Um, I think, especially in the sport right now, it seems like there's actually a lot of opportunities for women to get sponsorships because mm -hmm. there's so few of us. So it's kind of like this really cool thing to be a woman in this male-dominated sport. But yeah, I had no idea when I first started that this would become my life in that way. I just, I don't know. It was never a goal until like a few years in. And I was like, oh yeah, like, I guess I'm doing it all the time. I might as well make this my life and make it my job. When you're working as a stunt woman, do you get to collaborate with the filmmakers and directors about how a stunt should happen? Or is it more, we need you to jump off of here. Bye. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So, so it can be a little bit of both. Sometimes I'll get a call like for something very specific of you need to fall off this roof and you'll be on a wire and you know we'll we'll catch you a little bit before you hit the ground. But yeah, you're mostly taking that impact. And or there there's times where I worked on this TV show called Star Girl. Uh, mm -hmm. It was the second season of that. And when I was working on that, it was a little bit more co collaborative. Uh, the stunt coordinator would have ideas in mind, but he wanted to take kind of my style of flipping and put that into the show. So whenever there was an opportunity for that, he would ask me what I was comfortable doing and what we could do that would be exciting for me. So that was really cool. Where is the coolest place that being this type of athlete has brought you? So many cool places. <laughs> um, I've, I've been to Greece. I've been to Greece, is it four or five times now, which is crazy. Um, I don't know how many people can just say that, you know, like that they've been there for free each time i've never paid to go to greece which is like really incredible um and then i have been to this place called jungjia china it was so beautiful it's um you know the mountains in avatar it's where they shot a little bit of that at it's so beautiful uh so there um matera which is a really old city in italy it's one of the oldest cities in the world nine thousand years old or something and just, it's brought me to some really incredible places that I wouldn't go to if I wasn't doing this. Yeah. I probably wouldn't really have interest in going to Matera or, um, or that part of China, but 
yeah, it's brought me to some really incredible places and I'm so lucky. You know, when we talk about powerful ladies, people often associate power with strength. And of course, if you're an athlete, you are always kind of checking the box of, of strength and traditional power usage. When you think of the words powerful and lady separately, what do they mean to you? And do they change when you combine them into powerful ladies? Well, that's a really good question. So powerful, uh, the word, the thing that I would describe it as is the control over your life. I always think of um, yeah. basically owning your power, like understanding that you you are capable of anything and that you get to choose how you feel about things. You get to choose how you react. So I would say that's how I think of it. And then ladies, I also think of them as just powerful individuals. So like putting the, putting the words together um, to me just makes an unstoppable force is the way I see it. Like women are very incredible in things that we do. What have you been surprised with uh, in regards to what your body is capable of? Oh, <laughs> um, these, these are good questions. Uh, I've had a lot of interesting moments where I was very surprised by what my body was able to do. A lot of times where I was in a situation where a flip went wrong and I didn't know where I was in the air. And I was able to be safe on the landing, even though I just didn't know where I was. I thought like maybe I was going to come land on my head, but I've always kind of been okay, which is really good. I've had terrible injuries. Like I have landed um, almost on my head and broke my hand instead, which is way better than breaking your head. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I've also had a moment where I did this flip into a foam pit and somehow managed to hit a metal bar. And that's why I have this scar on my face. No. So yeah, things like that can happen sometimes, but I'm always very pleased with what my body is capable of doing. And recently when I was just at this competition in Greece, um, the Red Bull Art of Motion, we had to make this one minute long video, basically showcasing your style or whatever kind of theme you wanted to make it. And for me, I just wanted to, I said, I wanted to go hard. I'm like almost 30. I'm definitely the oldest competitor there. And for me, I just want to show it's like, you can still, you can still go hard at my age. (laughs) (laughs) So I did this move that I hadn't done in years and uh, it's called a Supahara, but basically you go to the edge of like a really high up thing. It's like over my head height and you put your hands on and you push off and you do, it's basically one and a half flips and you land on your feet, hopefully. So (laughs) I, at this moment, I, like I said, I hadn't done it in a long time. My training, honestly, leading up to the competition, I hadn't been doing a lot of it. So I didn't really feel strong or ready for it. But uh, when I did that move, I was reminded of, how strong I actually am. The fact that I'm able to take that kind of impact and not get hurt and to just be totally fine is really, really cool. (laughs) It just, yeah, it lights me up when I think about it, even just the idea that you're so much more capable than you realize always. Yeah. I'm familiar with, you know, surfing and skateboarding, like every trick having a name. And it sounds like it's the same in your world, where like every trick is called something named after someone or. It's true. Yeah. We have a lot of names for things and to someone that doesn't know the sport, it would probably sound really weird, but I think there's even, there's movements that just don't have a name. You're like, I don't even know what to call this. And parkour is getting that way now because people are coming in and they're so innovative in the sport and they're just coming up with these new tricks that have just never been seen before in any regard, like in any sport. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really 
exciting to be a part of it. And yeah, I don't know. It's just really cool. You know, when you look at where the sport has been and where it's going, what excites you? Uh, it actually terrifies me. <laughs> it does. It, it terrifies me. Scarier yeah. and scarier. It is. Yeah. The level is just quite unreachable for mm-hmm. at least myself. It feels like I would never be able to catch up to what the 12 year old boys are doing. these days. <laughs> it's unreal. And, and the same with the girls too. There's a, there's this, I think she just turned 16. There's a 16 year old girl named Nene. She's from Japan. Just incredible. Like she's, She's gotten so good in just the five years or whatever that she's been training. And it's, it's because people have done it first. Like, I think mm-hmm. we're entering into this world where the new generation has seen all this done before, and then they can take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And what excites me about this and the way the sport is growing is that there's going to be mo- more monetary opportunities for those athletes. Um, for me, a lot of my money comes from stunts and other things. And then parkour is like a smaller portion of it, but it still works. But I think uh, in time, you're going to see a lot more financial opportunities for people to just be an athlete and not have to also be an influencer and all of that. I'm so curious what your day or week actually looks like. Because when I look at the stunts that you're doing, I'm imagining that you're in the gym for like 15 hours a day just to be prepared for it. Um, So what is your day really like? Um, How much training do you fit in? Do you fit in as much as you wish you could? That's also a good question. Um, my days are always different. They're very chaotic. I have a lot going on uh, these days. So I train when I can. I would love to train more, but I feel like it's it's not a whole lot these days. I can train for maybe a, a couple hours in the morning, two or three hours, and that's including weightlifting. So it's not actually that much. It used to be way more. <laughs> but I, as I've gotten older uh, and I've gotten more things going for me in my life besides parkour, um, with stunts and like also editing on YouTube and just kind of the connections that I've made with friends. There's a lot more balance there. And that's what I've wanted in my life too. I don't want to just be working out all the time. Like I want to be able to spend time with my husband and go on trips and do other things. So uh, basically a normal day for me, I wake up and I journal. Uh, That's really important. I do that for the first 30 to 40 minutes every day. I have my coffee and I journal and anything comes out um, and I just let it and then after that, I will meditate and then maybe even read for a couple of minutes. And then I normally have a healthy breakfast. I go to the gym and I work out from maybe nine to 12. And then after that, we do whatever we want for the rest of the day. Sometimes I have to do other things for work. Like I have to respond yeah. to emails and stuff. Um, and then other times it's like, oh, do you want to, do you want to go walk around this park? Do you want to go for a hike? Do you want what do you want to do? And we'll kind of do that. And um wind down at night sometimes I'll journal a little bit more sometimes I'll watch house of cards I don't know (laughs) um but but on the work days it's very different because if I'm working it basically takes up the entire day so it just depends on what's going on and uh next week uh we're going up to San Francisco because I am working on some motion motion capture up there so uh that'll be my whole week which I'm excited for you know sometimes you it feels like it feels like with work when it happens it's so chaotic and there's so much of it and you're just overwhelmed by how much there is and you feel like you don't get a break and then when there's no work you're you're like what do I even do I you know so so much slower it goes from like super chaotic to so slow and almost like too slow um so that's kind of my life it's very all over the place which I guess I like yeah is your husband also in the industry Hmm. 
No, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> he actually, he used to do parkour um, and we met through parkour, but he doesn't really train so much now. He can still do some pretty good flips, which is always impressive to me whenever he does them. But no, he, he doesn't have anything to do with the industry, nor does he want to. And yeah, I think that's a good thing for us because it, it keeps that balance. Yeah. Well, I imagine with your schedule, right, it's, it's needing flexibility in all different places, right? To, you know, have you be gone and come back and, you know, do you guys get to go together a lot? Uh, We do. And we don't. Um, He actually just moved to the U S from the UK this year. So we're dealing with his um, visa issues and stuff. He's actually not allowed to leave the country right now. So uh, we spent our first month apart since he's been here. I went to Europe for that, uh, for that month. And it was nice to have that time apart and like travel and get to remember that who I am as a person on my own. Um, Mm -hmm. and that just makes you a better couple too, is when you get to have that time alone. But, but yeah, if, if he can come, it's always nice if he does, uh, if we're going somewhere else and he's coming up with me with San Francisco, so he can at least go explore while I'm working. Yeah. Well, you mentioned some, your mentor who has been an inspiration to you in the sport, who are other powerful women who have inspired you guided you or supported you along your path yeah so lucy romberg is one of the main ones uh she was basically the pioneer woman of parkour she just was incredible she was doing all of the things that the guys were doing and back then that was unheard of to me because i really thought that there were no other women in the sport so when i first started training there were the guys that I surrounded myself with and they were up here as far as level and I was down here and I was okay with it. And I thought I'm a girl, I'm, I'm not ever going to be as strong as them. I'm okay to stay here. But then I came across Lucy's videos. <laughs> I said, that is an excuse. That is an excuse. And I need to change yeah. that. And so it, uh, I reached out to her probably a year before I moved to Los Angeles and kind of just got input on how she was able to make a living and mm-hmm. To my surprise, she had responded to me and she was just so great. And eventually when I moved to Los Angeles, we got to connect and we got to train together and she doesn't train parkour anymore, but she's still an amazing stunt woman. She's uh, Melissa McCarthy's stunt double. And she's also just super fierce in the stunt world. So yeah, she's taught me everything I need to know <laughs> in this world. And I would not be where I'm at without her. So she's definitely helped me a lot. And then another person that I just wanted to mention is someone that I met up with this morning. Her name is Linty. And we just had matcha together. She made me a matcha and I came over and we just talked. And I've actually only known her for a little less than a year. But the conversations that we have bring a lot of healing and inspiration to me. So, yeah, she's really great. Uh, That's such a great point, right? Because you are putting your body through so much every day with what you do, whether it's, you know, standard training or doing stunts or being in competitions. You mentioned journaling. You mentioned having a great friend that can fill your cup back up too, literally and figuratively. Um, (laughs) What else do you do so that you can make sure that you are at your best from like an emotional, mental, spiritual side, in addition to balancing that with the physical? I have to get enough sleep. Um, I'm working on that right now. I got this Fitbit recently and it tells me how terrible my sleep is. It's really bad. Um, (laughs) Something that I'm constantly working on. I guess I just don't really get into deep sleep. I get in like Mm -hmm. REM and light pretty easy, but the deep sleep is just not there. So that's like Mm -hmm. the restorative stuff. 
But um, what I make sure that I do every day is my non-negotiables are eating well. I make sure that I eat enough. That's really important to me as an athlete. And I just make sure that I'm fueling my body in the best way that I can. Sometimes that means Taco Bell if it has to. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's just trying to be the healthiest version of myself. And then, um, yeah, the journaling has been by far the most life-changing thing for me. I started doing, it's called The Morning Pages by, uh, who was it? The Artist Way is a book that I read by Julia Cameron. Julia Cameron, I think was her name. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she has this recommendation for writing three pages every day in a notebook. Like first thing when you wake up, it's very stream of consciousness writing. And at first I had this thought like, oh, that's so much effort first thing in the morning. Like I don't necessarily want to be doing that. But if I wake up feeling anxious or just anything that any fear or anxiety or anger, it just all comes out. And then Mm -hmm. I feel so much better afterwards. It's just crazy. So I started doing that a year ago. And the things that came up, I was just, they really surprised me and they helped me work through a lot of insecurities that I had. And it's brought me to a new level with that. And I recommend that everybody do it because I just think it makes the best versions of us. And then um, I, yeah, I always try and connect with friends that I know, um, help me fill that cup, like you said. And yeah, I just, I just make sure to spend as much balanced time as I can, like doing whatever feels exciting in that moment. I think following my excitement is another thing. Like if I don't feel excited to train that day and I feel more excited by going to the beach, like that's probably what I'll do because I know that sometimes my body needs the rest and listening to my intuition is like one of the most important things that I can do in my life now. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of practicing in the past couple of months about like choosing in the moment you know, do I want, you know, this or that? Because I think it's so easy to get disconnected because we just start following the plan that we put in or someone else gave us. And sometimes the hardest part is like, what's for me, like, what's the workout going to be for the day? And like yesterday I was like, we're strength training. And I've been on a strength training kick and I got to the space for working out. I'm like, I think I need yoga. Like I'm just going to pivot and it'll be fine. It's still movement. It's still doing everything I need to do for today. Um, but I just, I don't think we always, most people don't give ourselves space to choose and be flexible and to actually listen to ourselves. Um, I think that's so important also. I think you're so right. I, and I notice I'm so guilty of it too, where I've for a long time in my life, I had this very strong motivation to get whatever it is done, you know, even Mm -hmm. if I didn't want to do it, which is, it's great for a lot of things. If you're trying to build a business or you're trying to become someone like you need, you need qualities like that, but you also need to know that sometimes it's not in your highest good to do those things. Sometimes it is needing to step back and relax and go inward or whatever it is with doing yoga, like you said. Um, and I think that's a beautiful thing to practice. You can have some really profound experiences uh, by following that because it leads you to more synchronicities as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. What are you most proud of up to this point? Mm, such a hard question. Uh, it used to be accomplishments. It used to be things very much rooted in uh, accomplishments like winning the Red Bull or Demotion or I don't know, something like that. But honestly, right now, what it is, is actually the person that I've become and uh, just being grounded and wanting to help others and be of service to others, I think is what I'm most proud of today. That's what I was just going to ask you about. So what does it look like for you to give back and pay it forward? 
for me, it actually looks like following my my intuition and uh, doing what's exciting to me because I think what it does is it allows other people to see that and get inspired by that. Um, and then it's also just making myself available for others yeah. and just letting them know that I'm always here for them and whatever they may need, I'm available for. So I think it's, it's that it's leading by example. I'm living a life that I've <clears throat> dreamed of since I was a kid and I love it. And I just want other people to know that they can do the same. So that's yeah. kind of what I'm trying to do. And much like you, I'm, I'm actually starting a podcast on my own. So uh, okay. that's one of the wow. things that I plan to do is like being able to have these conversations more. And I put a lot of stuff up on YouTube like this as well. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to kind of give back in that way too. Well, I'm happy to, to give you any podcasting tips that if you want them. <laughs> I would love them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. We could talk offline about some of that. Um, you know, when we look at, there's been a lot of conversations lately about how women today have a lot on our plates. I know that when um, I woke up and Roe v. Wade had been overturned, I wasn't angry at first. I was just frustrated that something else was put on my to-do list. That, that was my first reaction, like, oh, more work to do. <laughs> and, I, you know, when we look at women who are designing their own life, you know, we have our career, we have our passions, we have what we do for health and wellness, we have, you know, our friends and our families. And like, there's so many layers to what women are thinking about in a day and worried about on a regular basis and managing that I, I don't think we've always gotten credit for that. Like women to women, we know, because usually, you know, even today with, with um, there being more balance between, you know, mothers and fathers, there still is a disparity. And, you know, when you think about all the things that you care about and worry about and want to make an impact in, how do you balance the, the size of the list that you have and knowing that we have to do it like one day at a time? Yeah, that's, that's a very strong um, <laughs> way to think about that. I think you're right. It's, uh, it's very crazy these days what women have to deal with. And I think for me personally, I'll balance these things by taking what's truly important at the time and just allowing myself to work on that and kind of throw other things to the side for a moment. And then just taking things one by one, I will get overwhelmed if I try and like look at the size of my to-do list. But if I kind of take things down, I actually do have a to-do list and a to-manifest list, like things that I would love Ooh. to see come into my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they have to be separate because one feels very like, in the masculine and one feels more in the feminine. And so that's kind of what I'm working with right now. But uh, what I do is I also just allow myself to trust the timing of things, right? Mm -hmm. um, just, just do everything that I can and surrender to the idea that maybe this is the time for it. Maybe it's not. And either way, I'm okay. It'll come to me in whatever way it's supposed to and to not have expectations for things to work out a certain way. So I can very much relate to the idea of having a lot on my plate and wanting to make all these things work. And, um, you know, I have, <laughs> I have sons, I have, I have free running, I have YouTube, I have podcasts, I have yeah. friends and a husband and a cat and just a family and all these things that I want to make better in my life, but mm -hmm. I can't do all that stuff every day. So I do have to just kind of take the time to see what's most important today and what can I get done and, you know, like have boundaries with yeah. some of those other things. Yeah. I know. Then the hardest part of boundaries is with ourselves, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> I want to dig more into your to-do list versus your to-manifest list. Because I am someone who is not, I was not born patient. And so if I want something, I'm like, we're doing it now. Let's go make it happen. Like there's a, I have a sense of urgency behind the things that I want to to do, to manifest, to achieve, to change. Um, so for me, like a to-do list I can, I can work with because it's like, all right, we're taking actions now. A manifest list for someone like me is it's hard because it is that surrender and that patience. So Mm -hmm. how, how have you kind of protected your manifestation to-do list? And how do you work with that on a daily basis so that you can keep the manifestation in process and that Mm -hmm. surrender balance? Because I'm very curious for your pro tips. (laughs) Um, You and I are the same. Uh, I was not born with (laughs) patience either. I'm I actually might be the most impatient person that I know. Uh, so, and it came to a point in my life where it was holding me back for sure. So this was something that I worked on actually through journaling for the past years, understanding patience. And the minute I let go of things, they actually come into place a lot easier. Uh, the hardest thing for me that probably happened in the past couple of years was my husband actually getting approved to come move over to America because he was my fiance at the time and we did the whole fiance visa and with COVID it took way longer than it was supposed to normally it's supposed to take six months and it took over a year and a half so and this was hard I'm living alone it's the pandemic like (laughs) you know like this is crazy for me and so every day I would get worked up about this and then I realized that that was not serving me. I needed to just focus on myself and this would eventually come through and I would be super grateful for what it did, but I need to actually focus on having a good time now. Otherwise I'm not going to, I'm going to look back on it and be like, Oh, I could have done so much more with that time when I was alone. Right. So for me, I have, like I said, I have the to-do list. I have the to-manifest list. The to-do list is very much action-based it's the things that I can actually do right now to get done. A manifest list is like things that, they can be as simple as getting a free cup of coffee versus making $10,000, right? Yeah. And you'd be surprised at how many come true just as soon as you write them down and just forget that they're there. Uh, I actually went to a coffee shop the other day. I have free, free coffee written down. And I went to a coffee <laughs> shop the other day and I ordered a coffee and they forgot to make it and they felt so bad that they gave me my coffee and then they gave me another one for free. So then I meet up with my friend Kat um, in... The friendship that I have with her is so synchronistic. It's not even funny. But I actually decided I was going to pay it forward and give her this free coffee because I know she goes to this coffee shop all the time. So I'm like, Kat, I have something for you. I give her this free coffee thing. She goes, no way. She pulls out the same exact thing and gives it to me. So I also <laughs> still got the free coffee and I got to pay one forward. So, um, but yeah, that's just a little story about how how funny I find it, how magical the world really is. But, but yeah, for the, for the manifest list, I just... What I like to do is for each thing that I'm trying to manifest in my life, I will write them down in a journal as if they are happening in the present moment. And like what I'm grateful for, I'll lean into the feeling of how it feels to like have this thing come to fruition. And then I just completely let it go. As soon as that's over, I don't really try and think too much about it. I just know that it'll happen. There'll be a way to make it happen. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't try and look for exactly what I need to be doing at all, um, which is, rare for me. Like that's a new side to me that I didn't used to have because of the whole impatience thing. I would try yeah. to control everything. But the minute you let go of control, that's when the really profound stuff takes place. 
Well, and I really like that your list does go from a free coffee to the big audacious wishes as well. Because I think when we put small things like a free coffee on our manifestation list, it lets the universe like play easier. Because if all we're ever asking for is a million dollars, like that's yeah. that's a big thing to manifest. So yeah. give it give it some small <laughs> things to be like, we're here, we're playing. Don't leave. <laughs> sure. Because you get more confident with it too. It's like, oh, I see that this is working. Like, you know, maybe yeah. I can dream a little bit bigger here. <laughs> but I think it's the interesting thing about manifesting like large sums of money too is that, you know, you can easily be like, oh yeah, I'd like to manifest $5. That's easy. You could probably just find that on the street, but you can't find a million dollars on the street. So <laughs> you, you kind could. of, it's all these beliefs. It might be suspicious. Could. <laughs> yeah, you could find it, but there's a huge chance that's weird. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think you're right. It's like a lot of it is the beliefs that we have surrounding it. Like we don't necessarily believe that we can manifest a million dollars and that's why it doesn't want to come to us. So so yeah, I think it's, it's giving it your, the small things that would just be exciting to feel in the moment and then having the bigger things also to look forward to. And just knowing that eventually they'll happen some way unexpectedly that, yeah, because if you're, if you're trying to control everything, then it's not going to work out the way you think it is like ever. Um, I think the pandemic was the perfect example of that where people are like, I wish I had more time with my kids or I wish I didn't have to work all the time. And then we got that, but it wasn't in the form that they expected. So a lot of them didn't even appreciate what they had there. Yeah, I know. And everyone was saying like, I just want to go back to, you know, normal in quotes. I was like, do you like, this is such an opportunity to reset and like really come back to choosing what you actually want. Because all the rules just got thrown out the window. So why not use your power to, to do that instead? Yeah, that's really beautiful. Well, I do think it's interesting that you were first place in the Red Bull Art of Motion in 2019 and then 2022. So you just kind of missed the COVID gap. Um, yeah, <laughs> of, of opportunity. basically that. <laughs> How hard was it to train during the pandemic? Um. At first, it was actually quite easy. I mean, I like to train alone anyway, um, so I didn't mind that. And I still had access to the Tempest Freeloading Gym, so I went there a lot. But my favorite gym ended up closing down sadly. I get oh. sad about it every time I think about it. I know, I know, it's so sad. But um, in 2020, I also booked like that Star Girl job, so I was I was gone for a lot of 2020 in Atlanta. Um, at the end of it, and then I ended up hurting my rotator cuff. Um, tore it which was fun Oof. Um, <laughs> so I ended up getting surgery in March of 2021 and so that kind of took out 2021 for me um mm-hmm. recovering from that which it's a major surgery if you have to get any kind of shoulder surgery they ended up finding a lot more stuff wrong with it so they did a whole reconstructive surgery and that was a really beautiful time for me actually to reflect on what's important to me and to mm-hmm. allow myself to slow down in ways that I hadn't before and just sort of take parkour out of my identity and understand that it's not who I am and that there's many things that make up me. And that's just a great thing to have in my life. And I'm grateful for it, but it's not everything. So I think that was a really good thing for me. And I know that that kind of strays away from your question a little bit, but it, it more ends up being difficult to train because of those situations. Mm -hmm. Uh, During 2020, I was still able to do everything I could besides like the 
sadness that I would feel for, you know, the way the world was while yeah. I was kind of grieving over the loss of like normal, I guess. Yeah. And then, um, but yeah, other than that, it was, it was actually not too bad to train. We ask everyone on the podcast where they put themselves on the powerful lady scale. If oh. zero is an average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine, where would you put yourself on that scale on average and today? Hmm. That's, that's a great question. I feel like I might actually float around a seven or eight uh, normally because of how I feel like I'm able to bring things into my life and, and for others as well. Um, but I feel like today I feel really good. So I'm just going to put myself up at a 10. <laughs> We're powerful today, aren't we? <laughs> we are. We are. Yeah. We're at the halfway point of 2022. So what um, are you excited about for the rest of this year? uh well I have another competition coming up in August and to be honest I keep going through this thing of like wanting to compete and then not really wanting to um Mm -hmm. but I know it's it's something that will feel good when I'm done with it so I like I said I'm getting older I'm almost 30 I'll be 30 at the beginning of next year so this is my last year in my 20s so basically I'm just I'm just learning and growing as much as I can uh there's Still plenty more trips to look forward to, I think, in 2022. And um, I just, yeah, I just want to become a better version of myself this year. And that's kind of what I have in mind. When you think about what's next for you, right? So what, what's next after you choose to stop competing? Do you see anything yet? Or are you still in that discovery space of what, what your you know next phase of life could be? Yeah, I'm still in the discovery phase and I've let go of a lot of expectations for what I think it could be because I think that's been really hard. Uh, I actually thought I was done competing before this year and I was kind of at peace with it. Um, (laughs) I was still very much having a hard time with it. And then I sort of leaned in that feeling and I was like, well, maybe I'm just not done. Like, that's all I could mean, right? So I think the issue with what I do for a living is I know that it has a shelf life and um, especially the great writing the stunts you can do for quite a bit longer and then you can become a stunt coordinator and all that so I think those are definitely like more down my path is I would like to do more of that but I feel like when I'm done competing I want to make this platform where I can like help people find what they're passionate about and like what makes them feel powerful so I think that that's somewhere in the line I just haven't figured out how I want to make that work yet but I feel like that would be something that I would love to do that's what I do all day long so Happy yeah, to be is. an advisor there too. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 the fact that every day I'm helping people clarify what their dream life and business really is and how to make it all work and how to be fully self-expressed and just we we try so hard, I think, to do what we think we're supposed to do versus the capacities of what we could do and, and mm-hmm. who we are. And to find career paths, you know, whether they're for-profit or non-profit, whatever that looks like, where you get to just be you and make a difference is so refreshing because, you know, we think that you have to like, I need to be an accountant. And you're like, well, only if that's your love language, like if that's what you (laughs) love nerding out on and how you love helping people, great. But if you're doing it because it checks a box for I'm a professional it will never have the same flow and excitement and attraction to what you really want that you, if it was something else. 
Um, yeah. That's why we do this podcast because there, I love showcasing women like you who are surprising yourself with like, holy shit, like this is what I got to do and this is what we're still doing. And obviously that comes with so much practice and training and, and all the things that go with it. It's not like being in our space is permanent or so it's really like a, in the moment, how do we use it? But it's never easy, um, but yeah. it feels different. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. And I just, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing too, to help people discover that they don't, they don't have to be an accountant if they don't want to, you know, <laughs> I think, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I, I saw that one of the questions that you might ask was what's your favorite quote. And I actually wrote down this one was the only limitations are the ones I put on myself. And I think that's the biggest lesson that I've learned in life. Yeah. I don't remember who said that quote, but I love it. And I try and take that and remind myself that every day, if as soon as a negative belief comes up or, or I'm using an excuse for why I can't be something or do something or whatever. I'll, I'll yeah. remind myself that it's just, that's just why it's, it's the limitation that I'm putting on myself. It's not actually that way unless I want it to be. And is that something that you've had to learn or do you think you've, were you born uh, with just a, a bigger awareness than, than a lot of people have, like, were you already more leaning that way? Or did you have a moment you're like, Oh, wow, I can blow the top off of what I was expecting. You know, I think I was sensitive to it when I was a kid. I yeah. look back on a lot of memories that I had as a kid and a lot of ways that I felt about certain things. And I think as a child, I was very much in tune with that. And then it went away somewhere, yeah. uh, probably kind of it, my my first gymnastics coach was abusive and I didn't realize it when I was a kid. And I think that's kind of what might've pushed it away a little bit for a while. Yeah. But when I first started training parkour, it brought me back to like that seven-year-old me that was slipping in the grass. and was like, no, no, I can do this. And like really believe in herself. And so I think that was a way for me to see like how connected it really is and how, how like anything is limitless, but I definitely had to learn it. Like it wasn't something that through my teen years and my early adult years that I genuinely believed. Like I, it is interesting though, because I think that's a good question for me because when I, when I decided to move to Los Angeles and pursue this, I had no doubt that it would work. I just, I had no idea when, and I didn't know how, but I wasn't going to stay in my hometown that I wasn't happy with. So maybe there was like this inherent understanding that just wasn't conscious yet, but, mm -hmm. but it's something that I've learned over time was that, you know, if I can make this work, like what else can I make work? I feel like it, there really is no end to it. And that goes for anybody as well. Well, for everyone who wants to follow you, support you, hire you, collaborate with you, where can they find you and how can they get in touch? Well, I'm most active on Instagram. It's at Sydney Olson one. So that's S-Y-D-N-E-Y-O-L-S-O-N number one. And then I am also on YouTube. If you just type in Sydney Olson, it should come up for you. I don't even know what my YouTube link is. Or <laughs> and then, yeah, hopefully I'm starting a podcast soon. I mean, I've recorded a couple episodes. I just need to put them out to be honest. So that will be called Collecting Scars Podcast. So um, when that comes out, you can look for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been such a pleasure to have you on here. You know, the, your story and what you're up to and the conversation just about like self-belief and expanding what we think our limits are. I think so many people need to hear for the first time. And of course we always need a refresher in that space because the world, um, the world tends to be 
working against us in, in expanding. And so we have to keep mm -hmm. pushing it and rejuvenating it and having people in our circle who are like, no, no, you're better. Go bigger. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's so important. I also think it's so important to always be asking for what we need. So we've been asking everyone this year, um, what is something that you're looking for, wants, or trying to manifest that maybe someone listening uh, has the next step or the key for? Sorry, I really have to think about this one. That's that's a hard thing. <laughs> yeah, there's just there's so many in my mind, but um, I feel like hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking I'm looking to start a business to help people. That's like what I yeah. really want to do. I think that would light me up a lot. So I think that's what I'm trying to manifest is a way to make that happen in a way that is the most obvious choice, you know, like I, I think it'll come up that way, but I just haven't seen it yet. So I'm just kind of putting okay. it out there and hoping that maybe something that's very obvious will come up. Well, I love that. Um, thank you so much for taking your time today out of your day to come hang out with me and our audience. Thank you for sharing so much of yourself and thank you for being a powerful lady that we need to see out in the world. Well, thank you. Thank you for being a powerful lady and taking all of these conversations, putting it out there for people, inspiring them. So I really appreciate you asking me to be on the podcast. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it coming out and sharing it the world. All the links to connect with Sydney are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review. They're critical for our podcast visibility and getting us in front of more people like you who would love to hear this episode. Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or Kara underscore Duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode and new amazing guest. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.